Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. We believe Piper is the best because of their professionalism, because of their capability, because of their integrity, and because of the relationship we have built over the last year and a half with several of their key managers. Piper Electric has been a part of the Denver community for over 35 years. Their reputation of being fairly priced, trustworthy, and dependable has allowed them to become one of the best Denver electrical contractor companies in the market. Sometimes customers will ask us if we know of somebody who can be their regular electrician where they could call for anything from a small job to something much larger, maybe a remodel. And so we certainly have preferred people to Piper and Piper to them. From residential, commercial, and industrial, Piper Electric can handle all of your electrical needs. They've done actually everything from repairing a small wiring situation with a circuit breaker panel to adding additional circuits, adding parking lighting. So really, they have become a one-stop shop for all of our needs. If you call today and use the promo code BSN, you will get $25 off your next service call. That's 303-646-6765 or go to piperelectric.com. And Cole gets another good righty and another right by Cole, a left by Cole this time. Tipped in front by Mika Rentinen. He shoots and scars. Nathan McKinnon. Call JT Comfer. 877 goes now. Gabriel Landeskog. Collective hugs. 29 and 92. See me by Grubauer. Move over, Picasso. This piece of art is by McKinnon. My goodness gracious. Welcome into the BSN Avalanche podcast presented by The Green Solution. I'm Nathan Rudolph. He's AJ Hayfley. It's getting into the very thin part of the offseason as we wait for training camps to get going, but we do have a little bit of news today that may at least be tangentially related to the Avs. Jesse Pool Party, because I still can't say his last name, is going to go over and play in the Finnish Liga at least for a couple of months to start the season. It's been a pretty rocky road for him since pretty much the start of his NHL career with Edmonton. AJ, what do you make of this move? Do you expect Edmonton to try and move him to another team or something like that? Well, I mean, this is a real power play uh, for yep. a guy that said that he wanted to be traded. He'd requested to be traded. He did not want to be in Edmonton anymore and deal with their, you know, with any of their nonsense, I guess, whatever, whatever you'd like to call it. Um, 
this is this is a a serious power play from him. It is. He there are not that many players that have decided to willingly make the move to go play in Europe over the NHL. Granted, pool party was a bit of a question mark how much time he would be spending in the AHL this year, but still, it's it's a pretty rare occurrence. It really is, man. And I've I I've got to say that it's impressive that Edmonton continues to alienate its right. players. I know it's amazing how good they are. <laughs> we we talk about the frustrations with Colorado's development and how they haven't been able to to graduate guys out of later rounds and get NHL talent and et cetera, et cetera. But they at least look downright well prepared when you compare them to how they handle uh, how how Edmonton handles young yeah. prospects. Because you look at it, man, and they just they throw guys in the NHL because they don't know what else to do. Right. They burn their their organizational contract. philosophy seems to be well, let's drop them in the NHL for a few games and see how they hold up. You know, I mean, they they did it with Kyler Yamamoto. They gave him nine games and then they sent him back and we're like, okay. And you know, they did the same thing with Evan Bouchard last year. It just seems to be what they believe in doing. Oh, we're going to put this guy in the NHL. We're going to see how far away he is. And then we're going to actually put him in the NHL. Right. It's crazy, man. And a guy like Pooley Yarvey, you know, they had an opportunity. He was in the same same boat as, uh, you know, Miko Rantanen and Martin Kaut when the Avs drafted those guys. Yep. Uh, where it was, hey, if you don't make the NHL team, that's okay. You can keep you the can three years go of to the AHL. Yep. You are because because he's a European player, he could go to the AHL right away and play the entire year there if he wanted to. And instead of doing that, they just sort of messed around with him. Yeah, constantly. They gave him 28 NHL games in his first year, so they burned the year of the contract. I guess they at least saved a year of, of free agency ticking over, but it. They keep bouncing players around. I mean, even their success stories. Leon Dreisaitl, obviously a great player now. That first year, he played 37 games in Edmonton and had nine points. Was clearly not ready, and Edmonton just continued to mess around with him. Yeah. So it succeeded despite their tinkering. Right, exactly. And it's hard to watch sometimes when, like you said, I have the Evs probably squarely in the bottom third of the league in developmental ability. But Edmonton is far, far worse. And when it comes to pool party, it's a bit of an interesting situation because he has had some injuries he's battled through the past couple of years that have, have made it hard for him to be consistent on the ice. He did have one decent season, 65 games, 20 points in 17-18. That's not what you want out of a pick as high as him, but that's good enough to be in the NHL. He just hasn't shown the consistency at that level yet. And there were, there were steps forward in that second year. Yeah. You know, there's, there was plenty enough to be, to be dreaming on as a 20 year old. All right. He's got 65 games. Now they, they, they didn't tinker with him as much. It wasn't, it was not as bad as the year before where it's, you know, constantly back and forth. Right. Um, But it is it is a i mean disappointment in that 
you know, 20 points is not what you're after when you draft a guy in the top five. Exactly. Especially a guy that they thought they were lucky to get in the top five. He was the third guy in the big three that year. Yep. Uh, And Columbus's obsessive need for a center uh, gave them Dubois in that draft. So, you know, Pugliarvi dropped down and because we, we forget that he had a very, very special draft year that drove all that hype anyway. You know, line A kind of overshadowed him. But both of those guys had special years in their in their actual draft seasons. And it just has not been the same for Pooley Yarvey since. Yeah. He's and- it's it's not I mean, twenty points, man, as you're as you're like, oh, this is this is it. You know, there were a lot of positive signs, I think. He wasn't really playing much uh in terms of power play. He you know, there wasn't a ton of that. Right. Um, so he's, he's contributing at even strength. He was generating a lot of shots on goal for a guy, um, who was, you know, he, he played 13 minutes a night, you know, so he had a solid role on that team. And I think that had they just continued down that path, they, they had a better chance. I don't want to say they for sure would have gotten a good player, but they had, a, they would have had a much better chance of getting a good contributor. Sure. And it is a bit of a tough situation. He's played well in his short stints in the AHL. This is actually interesting stat. He has the exact same amount of points in the AHL as he done does in the NHL. 37 points in the AHL, 53 games, NHL 139. Yeah. So he's a strong player at the AHL level. He just hasn't made that jump quite to the NHL speed or, or whatever you want to call it at that level of the game. And it honestly doesn't seem like Edmonton has done him any favors in, in getting there. It, it doesn't. Um, I think that three, I, th- I think it's a good thing that he's taking his career in his own hands at this point. Yeah, for sure. Because that's a, that's a dude that just can't rely on the, or his, or his drafting organization to do well, to do right by him at this point. Uh, last year it was more of the same. Yep. It was it was up and down and around and you know okay so he's, he got forty six games in the NHL level. Uh, he only played ten in the AHL, but it was like he would get like two weeks in the NHL and then they would send him down. Yeah, and then he started battling the hip injuries and things like that as right. well. And it's I don't know from Edmonton standpoint. What are they looking for out of him? Whether it's it's something that says he's ready to be on their NHL team, or or what are they valuing him as a trade piece now? Because honestly, if he wants to be mm-hmm. traded, he clearly doesn't look to be willing to come back to Edmonton at this point. You have to think that hurts his value a little bit. Well, it definitely does because you you lose the all all important leverage. Yeah, you know teams know that you're behind the barrel and that. You can't get, you can't leverage like a first round pick for the guy or anything. Sure. They, they weren't going to be able, they were very unlikely to be able to do that anyway because they're three years in and they've gotten 37 points in 139 <laughs> games. Right. You know, like you, you have to be realistic here, but I could have easily seen a team like, say, New Jersey or in Arizona, you know, somebody who could use. Uh, a potentially high-end forward kind of on the cheap for like a second or third round pick, that would have made perfect sense. But now that he has made the move, now that they've sat around all summer 
and ignored the trade request and put him in the in put him in a position where he made the power move. You know, he was he's now in control of the situation because they can't do anything about it, and he's perfectly content to go back and just play in Finland. If a guy, if a guy is perfectly content to just go and play in Finland and Hey, he'd love to play in the NHL, but he's not going to do it with an organization that uh, has not, it just has not worked. You know, I'm not going to say Pooley RV is totally blameless here. Obviously he has not produced at the level that he needed to, to, to secure a permanent job there, you know, but you look at Edmonton and they're the, they're the ultimate, I mean, they're the Cleveland Browns. You know, they are they are ultra unstable, multiple head coaches, multiple systems, you know, front office upheaval. It's been it's been a total disaster in Edmonton for a decade. Yeah. And this dude gets caught in the crosshairs. You know, McDavid was too good not to 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 worry about screwing up. Right. Drysidle ended up the same way, even though they tried. <laughs> you know, Pooley Arby just it just did not it hasn't clicked with him and maybe it never will. But I think Edmonton's in the position now where they need to realistically, that player is not coming back. They need to just cut bait. You know, this is the sunken yeah. cost fallacy at play here. It, it hasn't worked out this. You're not going to ever recoup the value. Go get maybe a mid prospect that you like, or just start fresh and, and get a third or fourth round pick or something like just whatever get what you can at this point, basically. Right. And I think and I think that would be a fair value. A third round pick, I think, would be fair value for for Pooley RV. And if you really, really wanted to play hardball, uh hold out for until they take a fourth. But at this point, the guy's not coming back. He's right. gone. Yeah. And he's content to go over and he's gonna play in Finland. And they they let it get to this point where he now had to make the choice okay, well, they didn't trade me. How serious am I about this? Or is it time, you know, the, the Liga season is starting. Okay, I'm just going to go find a job there. If something changes on on the in my NHL situation, I've got the out clause where I can go back before December 1st where I'm allowed to sign, you know, a contract and, and on and, and on NHL and on. Again, right, yeah. It's, and, I mean, that's an interesting point, especially – if Edmonton wasn't willing to give him a one-way deal, he's probably making more in the Liga than he would have been, <clears throat> excuse me, in the AHL at least. Yeah. So as far as his career is concerned from his side, I, I absolutely think he made the right decision. I, I, If you were trying to get out of it, I think so too. This is showing that you're comfortable just being like, hey, I'm just going to go play in Finland. I may not make as much money, but I'll make a damn good living and I'll do it in my, in my home. And you know, I'm, I'm fine with this. This is, this is a fine career path for me. You know, I'm, I'm, it'll be a, I'm bummed. It didn't work out, but he'll dominate that league. Right. He's already proven. He's, he's more than capable of that league as a, in that league as a 17 year old. So. And you know, once he gets old enough, Hey, maybe when he's 27 years old and, and free agency rolls around, and he wants to come back. Yeah, if he wants to come back after eating up the Liga, maybe he goes and eats up the KHL for a while just because he can. I mean, who knows? But the, the point is, is that he's got all of the options to go and do something. Because uh, if he's that determined to never play for the Edmonton Oilers again, then 
you there know, are ways to do that. <laughs> yeah, it's and look, players pay attention to these situations. Players notice this stuff. I think it's it's in Edmonton's best interests to just say this hasn't worked. We're going to move on. We we're, we're going to go. He wants an opportunity elsewhere. We're disappointed to lose the player, but it is what it is. And then they just move on. Because Put if the situation they arrest, basically, exactly. Yeah. If they go out and they're spiteful about this and they're like, you'll never play in the NHL again. Like young players will see that. Right. And they'll know and they'll notice that and they'll say, hey, what happens if I'm if I'm you know, what what happens if, you know, they've got young guys all over the their organization now? You know, what happens if Tyler Benson sees that and, you know, two years from now he gets into a situation where uh, he's really not, he's not feeling it anymore and he thinks it's yeah. not going to go well. Maybe he wants to pursue something else. Yeah. Those type of players that are on the bubble, it's, we've seen Edmonton struggle with this type of thing in the past as well. Before the McDavid era, basically, you know, yeah. they're collecting first overall picks like candy and they weren't doing anything with it. They were getting yeah. booed off the ice every other night and, and nobody wanted to be there. Well, and certainly that has not changed. It's yeah. not, it's not like Edmonton is suddenly a destination. They just can't be yet. Right. You know, they've got so many things to fix, but when you have a McDavid and a dry saddle locked down for at least the next six years of those two guys together, you can build for sure. They're, well, they're they're a sleeping giant just because of that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, when you have a generational player like that, it's probably maybe not even a sleeping giant, just one that's not out of the bed yet. Right. But, but uh, I can say <laughs> still, that... Still rubbing his little eyes, waking up. Right, exactly. <laughs> Got to get the, the sleep out of his eyes or something. Yeah. But I can happily say that I will drink to the fact that I haven't been uh, a t- person that follows the Oilers for much of my life, so it's time to take a second and acknowledge Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of BSN Denver. Breckenridge is the original Colorado beer established in 1990 in Breckenridge, Colorado. You've probably heard of their delicious vanilla porter, their oatmeal stout, and most people's personal favorite, the world-famous Avalanche, which is their classic American amber ale. But they also just released a new beer called Strawberry Sky that I'm sure you guys are going to love. For you beer enthusiasts out there, they're calling this a light-hearted Kolsch ale. But if you don't know what that means, this is that light, delicious summer beer that you've been looking for. So keep an eye out for Strawberry Sky at your local liquor store or any other Breckenridge beer for that matter. And make sure you also look out for our Breckenridge event calendar on bsndenver.com. You can see all of the events we have planned, and we will be drinking beers at all of them so rsvp and come have a good time with us it's gonna do it for segment one we'll be back in segment two with maybe the coulda shoulda woulda of how this could play out for the avs second segment of the bsn avalanche podcast presented by the green solution we've talked about how it clearly just doesn't seem to be in the cars that pool party stays with edmonton looking to get out of him it's going to be tough now for the abs to be involved in that conversation, given the <laughs> amount of bodies they simply have. Yeah. But if you say make Val Nachushkin disappear, is pool party something interesting? I to mean, them? it could have been right. I think so. Yeah. Part of my other problem with the Nachushkin thing would also be my problem with a pool Yarvi thing. 
Colorado's mindset this summer shifted from, oh, we're just a plucky upstart team that's trying to, you know, trying to find our way to, all right, we just went to game seven of the second round and we think that we're going to be able to do better than that next year. So we're going to try and get a whole bunch of guys that make us better now. And now we're players. Right. And when you're messing around with these kinds of reclamation projects, you have to give them minutes. You have to give them time. Yep. You have to give them a role. Yep. You have to see what they can do. Otherwise, why bother? You know, you've got to give Val Nachushkin a legitimate look. It's not like a, oh, well, he didn't play well in training camp, and now he's going to go back to Russia kind of thing, like this automatic assumption, you know, that they can that he'll just be gone magically if things don't go out go well in the first month uh, is, is crazy to me. I mean, maybe that happens. But just assuming that it does is nuts. And the same thing that applies to with, with Nachushkin would apply to Puliyarvi. You got to give him time. You know, a Very guy's going to be on your yeah. right wing. All right, well, you went out and you got Burakovsky. You got Donskoy. You have Comfer. Uh, you've, you've bolstered your wings enough that you have bodies there now that you can, you can put on the right side. Okay. You put a Puli uh, in there. In in this case, it's more like a Nachushkin in there, but who, which of those guys that you went out and got are now not playing or uh, which right. of those guys that helped you go to the playoffs last year and had 25 point seasons. Are you not playing like which, which one of those guys is now is now sitting on the bench because you're so convinced that this reclamation project can help you more than that guy that you've got to give him a look in order to do it. Because if you go in there and you just make him sit on the bench every night, you're not getting anything out of him, you know? And, oh, okay, well, yeah. you wait for an injury and you wait for this and you wait for that. Okay, well, then that guy's got however long the injured player is out to prove that he can do something. You know, that's... Boy, it's not a lot of time. You know, it's not it's and it's not a great way to run your organization to say, "Oh, well, we'll give you an opportunity when one of our other guys goes down." You know, but you're going to have to wait in line for that. And then when that happens, okay, well, you know, what if that guy has what if that guy breaks his leg and he's out for 6 months? Now that guy has a job for the rest right. of the season, maybe he's not worth that better hope it's it's more than a maybe right at that and point, so right? when you talk so. about Puli Yarvi, it's the same kind of conversation as Nachushkin although with Puli Yarvi, there's he's 20 you he know several younger, years younger and and he has not had an NHL season like the ones that Nachushkin's put up when Nachushkin has played much better but you're still in the same range of this is a bottom six guy Someone that hasn't yeah. lived up to the hype. Someone that's dealt with injuries well, early in their And career. someone that has not broken into a top six, which is really the one thing where you look at the Avs roster and you say, what do they still need? They now have depth. They've got the forward. They've got the 2C. It's the guys on the second line that they're still lacking. You know, maybe Puliyarvi could be that guy. You know, if you're dreaming on him. You could have you could have had that conversation, but the addition of Nachushkin kind of ends all that. And maybe maybe Nachushkin was the better bet. Maybe it's the safer bet because 
all they did was throw $850,000 at him to find out, you know, sure. Didn't have to get right. And we talked about with Edmonton, they're not, you've got to pry him out of there. In the last segment, I'm just entirely speculating that a third or fourth round pick would probably get it done at this point. Maybe it won't. Maybe Edmonton's saying we want a second. In which case, hell no from the Avs. First of all, they already traded their second for Burakovsky to take a chance on a 24-year-old. So, you know, they can't do that. Right. I, I mean, if they want a second, I think he'll be sitting in Finland yeah, for quite a while. Certainly, so. at least until like November 28th. Right. And it's it's a tough situation there as well, because it is a lot of the same things as Nachushin going on. You had the, the player with hype. Now they're they're dissenting from the NHL. They're moving back. In Jushin's case, it was the KHL, so a little bit different. But the NHL has always shied away from those types of players who are willing to to go against the grain, kind of. You know? Yeah, NHL teams value guys who want to be in the NHL, right? And that's the downside of Puljujarvi doing what he's doing right now is he's saying he's comfortable not playing in the NHL. And NHL teams just won't like that inherently. They'll just be like, nah, all right, you don't want to play in the NHL that badly? It's not that important to you? We're not going to trade for that guy. Yeah, guess we'll go get someone right. else that wants to be here. You know, Nachushkin just got bought out and wanted to be here, still wanted to play in the NHL. <clears throat> no doubt could have easily gone back to the KHL and and gotten a job over there somewhere. Uh, but waited it out all summer until uh, an NHL team was willing to give him a deal, and Colorado did. And that's great for him. You know, now <laughs> now he's got an extra, he's got $850,000 and, and another year to prove that he belongs, that he needs, that he should be here. And, you know, that's what Pooley Yarvey is just looking for. That's all he wants to do. He wants he wants that same opportunity to prove, hey, I can do that. You know, I I belong. I'm I'm a guy that should get that 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 shot too. And it's harder to to pry him loose now. And with the Nachushkin signing, I think you have to take Colorado off the list of teams teams that would have made sense for him. Is this something that they could circle back to? I I say this because. <clears throat> He has signed with Carpat in the Liga. This is a team that also is likely to include Eustace Annan in the Avs goalie prospect. So he's someone that they will be watching. Yeah, and maybe if he does really well, hey, mid-November, if the Nuchushkin thing looks like it's a total bust, maybe you call up Edmonton and you say, hey, what about Nuchushkin and a third rounder? Yeah, that's, that, I, that's certainly what I would be looking at, too. You have to figure out a way to get yeah. rid of one and of the I'm, bodies. And I'm just saying, like, if, if Nachushkin doesn't work out and that's that guy, if somebody else doesn't right. work out, you know, maybe that's the A.J. Greer conversation instead. If Nachushkin, if things are going yeah. well with him and he's producing and he looks good and, um, you know, and I look like a moron here, then Edmonton, Edmonton <laughs> would be like, uh, you know, sure, we'll take that guy, but Colorado would be dumb to offer him up. Things are going well. 
So maybe that's an AJ Greer conversation instead. Oh, hey, we'll give you AJ Greer instead, uh, and a and a third round pick or something, and we'll take Puliyarvi off your hands. You know, just because hey, we've seen this guy, our goalie prospect is over there playing him, who we're keeping a close eye on, and this guy is ripping it up, and we really think that he's turned a corner and that he can really make a, a big impact, and blah 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 blah. Yeah, it's it's certainly an interesting situation. There just aren't that many players that go back to Europe yeah. with the NHL out clause as it is. It, the last player I can remember was the Avs signing kind of the reverse with Sammy Idacalio, yeah. signing him to yeah. a deal and letting him go. Yeah, to play that was the whole Sammy thing was so, so bizarre. The the handling of it and the decisions that went into it, it was just a very strange situation. It certainly seemed like it. I can say I'll say that much, but I wasn't on the inside of it, so I don't know. It was just, it was just odd that they had this goalie platoon, and he looked really good at times. He looked like he was out. He'd outplayed Pickard for a while, and then 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 Pickard outplayed him, and it was kind of back and forth. And then yeah, Pickard kind of got the leg up on it, and it was like the abs were like, "All right, that's our guy," and it was like, "Whoa, yeah, what?" Ignore those 25 minutes of Roman Will. <laughs> Good for Roman Will, though. Yeah, he can say he's an NHL goaltender now. That's a pretty select group of people. It's cool for him. I've always, yeah, I've always kind of wondered about that. They're, especially with goalies, because there are significantly fewer uh, that yeah. position than anywhere else. And it's like, man, if you get one game, that's kind of a big deal. Yeah. I mean, it's it's awesome. You've gotten to the absolute highest level at the hardest position. And somebody put right. you in a game. It's, yeah, they were willing to play you for yeah. one reason or another, at least. All right, so th- I think that kind of wraps up the, the pool party thoughts. Do you have any final thoughts on the situation itself or, or maybe what you expect to happen out of it, even if it's non-abs related? You know, I... Honestly, if if I'm one of these teams like near the bottom of the standings, like I I, I mean, look at a team like Buffalo. You know, they've gone yeah. out and they've reshaped their whole defense where they should be a lot more competitive. But you still look at that offense and you know, even with the signing of Johansson over the summer, you know, they've really only got like five or six forwards that you think might be part of any kind of long-term solution there. And I and that's my, maybe even a generous number. Like it's like Eichel, Skinner, Reinhardt, maybe middle stat, maybe Johansson, right. Opozo, if only because he signed until the rest of his life, you know, like <laughs> it's, that's, that's a team that could definitely say, Hey, we've got opportunity. We've, we've got, um, you know, they've, they've been a little loose with trading away their draft picks this summer. Uh, but that that was how they remade their defense. So, you know, that's acceptable. I don't mind them blowing draft capital to to go out and get a bunch of mid twenties defensemen who are gonna who could be there for a long time. Um, that's a team though. That that team, you know, I I mentioned earlier. You know, like what about a, a team like Detroit? Even, you know, sure. yeah. A, with plenty of room to give a guy like <laughs> right, cool party like you're minutes. talking teams that you don't expect to be very good, uh, that could use 
a cat like that where they could they could just say hey you know and and on the other side you know you maybe what about a team like san jose you know yeah where they're they're looking to try and get any kind of quality depth as cheap as cheap as they can get it and this is going to cost them a pick and a million dollars and that's fine they'll they they can make that work and maybe they get maybe they get a stud out of it you know maybe they get a guy that really really just ends up being a great find for them you know so maybe maybe good teams who are up against it money wise and are just looking for because even if Pooley Yarvey goes out and drops fifty this year, he's not getting a long term deal. That's a guy that'll get a he'll get a bridge contract because teams are gonna say, Hey, we want you to do it again. So maybe you give him like a Tyler Tofoley, like two year, three million dollar deal or something, and he's still super cheap, and you still get great value out of him for the next couple of years. You know, and that's where yeah. that's that's where I think they should consider something like that. You know, maybe maybe the some of the better teams out there but have a hole in their forward course could consider that. Sure. It's I, I do find it a little bit harder for the more established teams to do that, but it, it's the same story that the abs have, have made on a couple of players here. And, and in the past, like a Yakupov where you give him the one year deal. And if he proves it, you go from there. Otherwise it didn't work out, but that doesn't hurt it's, you. That I much. mean, we always say it doesn't hurt you that much. And like the Yakupov deal wasn't like a disaster, but when it doesn't work out and the guy ends up benched at the end of the season, you know, then somebody else has to play. And that's a roster spot that could have gone to anybody else. And you know, where the, where the abs were when they made the Yakupov deal makes that deal. Okay. Right. Competitive teams, teams that are looking to win things should not be making those kinds of deals. Unless they really have like one like glaring hole, you know, like say say pick up pick a playoff team, you know. I mean, St. Louis just lost Pat Maroon, so maybe you know if they if they didn't feel like they had an internal replacement, maybe they could look at Puliyarvi and say, well, hey, there's a guy that might be able to help us in that one very specific role. Yeah, there's the minutia of the situation certainly. Yeah, definitely. Matters. You know, it's it because not not every team is the same. I you know, oh, I say competitive teams shouldn't do that. Well, I I mean that in that, you know, most of those teams have have things figured out, have jobs taken up. You know, they're they're deeper, they're they're deep enough anyway that that they can afford to do whatever. You know, they they can afford to get by with what they have. They don't need to go fishing around and giving big minutes to reclamation projects. But if you do have that gaping hole, you know, what if, what about Pittsburgh, for example, they're always up against it and they're always spinning their tires, trying to find little ways to min max their roster. And, you know, maybe, maybe that's a fit there, you know, put, put the guy next to a Malkin or a Crosby and just let him go. So what if that if that he ends up being great because of those guys? So what? Doesn't matter why. Yeah, as long it's as the Miko Rantanen and Nathan McKinnon conversation. Right. You know, is is Miko Rantanen an eighty five point player on on any other team in the league? Maybe not. But he is but here. He, <laughs> but he is here next to Nathan McKinnon, and that's what matters. He's not going anywhere, so it doesn't matter. Right. Well, 
maybe that's someone we'll talk a little bit about in our next segment here. But before we get there, you know what's so great about our BSN family? That we now have multiple subscribers that have partnered with us to help promote their business. Chad with Houselift has an incredible service for you. If you or your friends are thinking about selling your house but it's not in tip-top condition, go to houselift.com. They will show you how to maximize your profit. If your house is in need of an upgrade, Houselift can assist in eliminating all the stress of the remodeling process while matching the current trends that buyers most desire. And get this, there are zero upfront costs from you, the homeowner. That's right, you won't pay for any of the upfront costs for the remodel until your house closes. Houselift will handle everything from the contractors to the design while managing these costs. Here's what you need to do. Head to their website or Facebook page. You can find both at houseliftcolorado.com and check out the incredible remodels Houselift has done for homeowners here in the metro area. In past jobs, Houselift has put anywhere from fifteen dollars to $60,000 more into their clients' pockets. Call 303-885-7888 today and find out what Houselift can do for you. Oh yeah, if you hire one of Houselift's preferred realtors, they will sell your home without charging a listing commission. Third and final segment of the BSN Avalanche podcast presented by The Green Solution. Visit any one of their 17 Colorado locations or browse their entire inventory online at mygreensolution.com. Reserve products online and pick up at your local TGS Express checkout. You'll be in and out in minutes. And you can use code BSN20 for 20% off your entire purchase. All right, so we've we've talked about pool party going over to Europe there are some players currently in Europe for the Avs that at least some of them will be coming over soon. Obviously, the big news is Miko Rantanen is practicing with the Storhamar Dragons, a Norwegian team. Just kind of off-season warm-ups and, and things like that. You also have Gabe Landeskog practicing over there. I think he's with Skeleftia right now. I'm not 100% on that one. But, but the Avs are getting out there. They're getting onto the ice quite a bit in Europe. And... It's a bit of an interesting situation, at least to me, to see the Europeans seem to be getting on the ice a little bit later. Earlier in the year, a lot of the, the North Americans, there's video of Gerard out there playing in a Quebec League, Comfer playing in the, the Chicago Semi-Pro League. So it's kind of interesting to see how their off-season schedules shape up. I've always found it interesting that these guys all go and do their own thing. Yeah, instead of sticking together a little bit. Yeah, instead of like three or four of them being like, all right, well, why don't we just go tear up some league together? <laughs> yeah. You know, work on some stuff together. Like, we like playing together. Let's just go do that. Because it's like even these, even the tight-knit abs team is like, meh, I'll see you guys in next season. Take the summer off, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and uh, hey, you spend an awful lot of time around those guys, so... You know, maybe it's just like, you know, I can, uh, I need a break from Nathan McKinnon's <laughs> nonsense today, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Like, I don't have to be around him. I don't have to watch this guy destroy every game that we're in. Like, um, I'm going to go be the big man in, like, some Chicago semi-pro league. Right, exactly. <laughs> you know, or Miko Randon, it's like, I'm going to go show, the, show these dudes what a real dragon looks like. <laughs> You know, go breathe some fire in Norway where it's like, oh, all right. You guys like the what the five NHL players that they've ever produced. (laughs) I mean, I'm not a I'm not a pro hockey player, but when McKinnon says I'm going to go run 25 miles a day with Sidney Crosby in Halifax, I'm like, all right, I'll I'll do something else. It's fine. Yeah, I would not want to be party to that. I'd be like, all right, psycho, we'll see you. Yeah, right. Exactly. (laughs) 
but it's I guess we'll see have do you know if any of the amps have started filtering into to Colorado yet? I know they have ice time reserved for like captain's practices and things, but I don't think anyone's really here yet. Supposedly Gerard is on his way to Denver. Aha. Uh-huh. So maybe, maybe we'll have to sneak down to Family Sports Center. I don't follow the social media accounts of the players. Yeah, uh, I don't really. So either. it's you know anything anything that I would get on that is always secondhand information. It's never my own digging because I just don't follow those guys. I don't use Instagram on my own for much more than trying to prove to immigration that I really do have an actual (laughs) real life girlfriend. Uh, And you know, like that's the point of my Instagram account at this point is for immigration purposes. I don't use it for that. I don't, I don't use it to follow hockey players. Yeah, it, it is not my cup of tea either, to be honest, but there are a couple of actual hockey things going on, at least, whether it's actual Avs players doing their early preseason, pre-preseason, whatever you want to call it, warm-ups. Mm-hmm. They also do have some prospects playing, which it's mostly preseason stuff, things like Nikolai Kovalenko playing in the KHL preseason, Eustace Ananen, who I talked about earlier, doing the same thing. And maybe most interesting is Danila Zaravlyov currently playing in a U-20 tournament. Well, it's over now, the Four Nations Cup for Team Russia. And I was having a good time actually watching some of his hockey earlier this week where he picked up two points in in three games at this small little tournament. But it was nice to see from a, a Navs prospect. These are guys that you're hoping take steps this year. and. Mm-hmm he right away has started producing offense this season. And that's something we've asked of him. So, you know, it's, it's early to take a whole lot from it, but it's nice to see some abs hockey put in a good light on the ice instead of just all of this off season speculation, you know, it's, you know, and it's preseason, right? You know, I, I'll, I'll never forget Mikhail Grigorenko leading the NHL. Yeah. Preseason and goal scored and being like, here it comes. (laughs) <laughs> the big breakout, and now he's in the KHL. The undefeated season of preseason. Oh, God. And that didn't turn out so well, did it? <laughs> yeah, right. So, there you go. You can keep that in mind when the abs don't look great in preseason, that it, it means absolutely nothing <laughs> during the regular season. <laughs> yeah, it, it really, yeah. <laughs> it, it means nothing. But, hey, it makes you feel... What so what I, take, I guess what I take preseason for is individual play, right? Especially for players on the bubble. You want to look at how they're playing by themselves. You don't really care about the results of the game, but players that can make themselves stand out and, and set them up for either immediate roster spots or roster spots in the future. That's what preseason is about for me. And we're talking about like prospects like over in Europe and stuff, like they need to, the, you know, everything that these guys are doing is working towards impressing enough to get a job in North yep. America. Yep. To getting the ELC from their their NHL club. In this case, it's the ABS for a couple of these guys. And so, you know, I, I think if Kovalenko didn't have his KHL deal running through the end of next season, he he might have already made that case. 
but yeah. a guy like Zhirabalov is one who needs to, to show growth this year and needs to show. And, and hey, we've talked about the gigantic gulf in uh, the defensive prospects with the Avs and how, you know, if Tibbins graduates this year and Byram graduates certainly within a year, it, the it's the system is basically just Nick Malosh, and you're wondering what's going on with him at that point, and a whole lot of question marks. So, you know, Zhiravalov, I believe his deal runs through the end of this season, and so we're we're talking about ELC time for him, getting him to come over to play for the Eagles as a 20 year old next year, right? Uh, if if he has a good year this year, he needs to have a good year. You gotta, you gotta show well. You gotta give these guys reasons to continue going out to <laughs> tiny little places in Russia <laughs> yeah. in the middle of winter yep. uh, to to watch you play. Otherwise, you know, if they feel like it's not worth it anymore, you know, uh... with such a thin prospect pool, there's always going to be the next guy, right? You know, they're going to draft more defensemen. You know, Hellison is already on the way. So the clock starts ticking. And if you can't prove it quickly, you're probably not going to get the chance at all. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's the reality of it. Right. That's why these preseason things uh, in the grand scheme, they don't matter. And, and on a team level, they certainly don't matter. But for individual players, especially the ones that still have things to prove, you cannot miss an opportunity to prove something whether it's a under 20 tournament, whether it's a random preseason game in the KHL, every little bit of your game is going to be watched. It's going to be dissected in one way or another. And at the end of the day, if you haven't done enough, then, you know, that one game could be the difference. It, it absolutely can. Yep. Uh, and I mean, one game can, mean a whole lot right depending on that game (laughs) of course it depends on the game and and the scenario and and preseason games aren't going to be weighted that much but if you if you're looking at a situation like Zaravlyov who's currently fighting for a KHL roster spot him playing well this preseason and earning a KHL roster spot as opposed to playing in the Russian second league or, or who knows where else is a huge, huge difference for him as far as his next steps going into the future. So it's a really big deal that he make the KHL and not another year in the VHL. Exactly. So, and at the end of the year, when he's played a full year in the KHL, you're not going to remember these preseason games because they didn't matter. But if they mattered for him to get into the KHL in the first place, all of a sudden there is a little bit of something there. Yeah. So it, it's very hard to, to take specifics away from this type of thing, but you know, every season has to start somewhere and every player has to go through preseason. You can take it by the horns immediately, whether that's playing in in a summer league or wherever and, and doing well, or you can be Nikita Zadorov and hold out into camp and come completely out of shape and, and unprepared. So right. there's there's definitely a downside to not doing things the right way. Yeah. And well, and I mean we've seen we've seen that in some camps in the last couple of years. Yeah. Right. You know, uh, the Nikita Zadorov holdout year. 
where he held out for what half of a day. Yeah, it was not long. <laughs> and and then had his his had his contract in place by the end of the first day, and uh, you know, was not the up, guy that showed up to camp super out of shape. Yep, straight up. And that was a huge problem. And it's funny because it's like, oh, well, look at this is what happens when you hold out. You know, oh, if Rantanen holds out from training camp, he won't be physically ready for the season. And I don't really think training camp is that important for the NHL. I think it's important. It has its place. uh, But it's, you know, there's a reason it's four days long. Right. I I mean... If you're making that comparison, you can look at lifestyle there. Z was living in Miami where, I mean, let's face it, it's going to be hard to find some ice there. <laughs> Meanwhile, Rantanen is currently practicing in Norway with a professional team. So yeah. it's it's certainly a little bit of a different situation. And you have stated multiple times that it's not even that big of a deal. I think most people expect Rantanen to get signed in time for camp. But as you said, if they start missing preseason games, then it becomes a little bit more of an issue. But a couple of days of practice, I mean, unless you're overhauling the systems in a large way, does that really matter? It's a fair, I mean, fair point. Yeah, I you know, I can't imagine Bednar has has massive plans to do something like that, but you never know, I guess. Yeah, I think that I'm just not worried about any of this with the Avs this year. I think with Jared Bednar's preseasons or training camps the last couple of years, they've been so insane. Yeah. Uh, on the conditioning side of right, things. Right. You know, we had a couple of uh, hamstring and groin pulls that first year. Yep. And it was like, what's the point of this? And then I think we saw the point of it last year. Those guys amped up what they were doing in the summer. They came in prepared to handle that that kind of training camp and say, all right, this is how we're going to play every day. We're going to work this hard every day, all season long, or you're not going to be here. Yep. And they raised that level, and a bunch of the returning players met that level in year two. And I think that they're just going to continue to raise that bar, and that they're—that's what they're using their, uh, their their preseason and their training camp for—is okay. Who did the work? It's like it's like having uh, you know back in high school when you were given summer reading, yep, and you had to show up on day one and talk about all the different things that you were supposed to have read over the summer. Okay, now now it's day one. Did you actually do the work or not? Who put in the work over the summer and who did not? And that's what training camp is going to be for, for the Avs, is which of these guys, and I think we'll see some separation. You know, a guy like Nachushkin is going to be behind the eight ball because he's never had anything like that before. He's never experienced that kind of a training camp, whereas they can tell him, hey, we expect you to be this this level of prepared and to be able to meet these kinds of standards. We need you to work towards that. But until he actually goes out and does it, you know, the, the newcomers, Donskoy and... Uh, Burakovsky, you know, I don't know what the programs in San Jose and Washington look like. Those are two really successful franchises, so I imagine they're pretty intense on their own. But coming out here and and doing it, you know, and and showing up in a new environment and doing it on day one, it's tough, man. It's 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 a challenge for all these guys. We might see a little bit of separation, especially because there are four days of camp this year. You know, I joke, oh, there's only four days. 
In the past, we've seen two days and then the useless Burgundy and White game. Instead, they realized it was useless, ditched that, and decided to actually do something productive that was good for them and not just purely fan service. So I'm and I'm all about that. I'm all about that approach. There are lots of opportunities that you can give love to the fans. Uh, the Burgundy and White games, the quality of it was awful. So it was not great fan service to begin with. Uh, I'm, I love that that's now a training camp day. Yep. And I think that, I think, you know, Rantanen, he's, he's working. We see that he's working over there. He's over there playing right. hockey. He's not messing around. You know, we've seen what did, what did Zadorov learn from that experience? He has come in in better and better shape each of the last couple of years. It hasn't translated to hot starts for him, but he's come in physically ready to play. He's putting he's the work in over the summer. scratched anymore. <laughs> right, but he's putting the work in over the summer. Yeah, sure, certainly. And yeah, it's it's getting to that time. I think we both just want it to be day one already. Oh, man, that day, that first day, the one day of rookie camp. Yeah. At like 9 a.m. or whatever, you and I are just going to be like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. Up in Family Sports Center. Yeah. yeah. That's going to be a crazy day because we're going to do all of that. And then I have to jump on an airplane and fly to California. Because yeah. game one of that tournament is the it's next the day. The next day. Yep. Yeah. The next day at I think like 11, 10 or 11 yeah. a.m. It's pretty early in the day, too. So Yeah. they Well, they play early. Uh, all four, all three of their games. They have the early game. Right, right. It's none of the the afternoon or evening. Game. Well, I guess one of them's at like one p.m. or something. But none of the evening games. But okay, I, I think we've we've rambled enough for the day. <laughs> it's time to cut this one off. We got three more episodes coming at you this week, and then finally start sneaking into our preview shows. I know we got a couple of cool things planned for you there, so keep an eye out for those. But for now, thank you for listening, and we will talk to you tomorrow. If you live in the South Metro area and have been looking for top-notch customer service, extensive beer, wine, and spirit selections, and unbeatable prices, look no further than Davidson's Beer, Wine, and Spirits. You won't find a more varied inventory anywhere else. Don't just take it from me, guys. This is Michael, and he's been shopping at Davidson's since they opened. The thing I like about Davidson's versus the competitors, it has a larger selection. And if I am going to buy Spirit, then Davidson's is usually my first choice as well because just of the size of the selection. I also like the extensive selection of some hard-to-find items. But that's not all. Every department is staffed with highly trained specialists who can help you find exactly what you're looking for. I've always found the folks that you chat with to be knowledgeable. I've chatted with the spirits staff about different bourbons and different vodkas, and I am always chatting with the wine staff about different things and saying, I like this, what else do you have that's similar? Particularly when I go to non-U.S. Uh, wines. I find them extremely helpful in ha- helping me find something I'm looking for. What are you waiting for? Head to either of their locations in Centennial or Highlands Ranch and follow them on Facebook to stay up to date on their latest specials. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. 
Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com.